My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Rachel Cook. She's the founder of the CEO Collective, a business coaching and consulting agency. She's also the host of the Promote Yourself to CEO podcast. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Basha. I'm excited to be here. Likewise, and it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcasts, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? So I have been an entrepreneur for 15 years, but I've been working with small businesses for over 20 years. Um, this has been my path. I was raised by two entrepreneurs. So it was always kind of a, a path I was going to go down because I don't know what to do other than to be my own boss. But I got interested in working with small businesses initially, not because I thought I was going to have my own business per se, or be like the CEO, but because I'm a really good behind the scenes operator. So I got my undergraduate and my MBA in entrepreneurship and small business thinking that I would go run a bunch of small businesses. And I went into consulting. Um, and when I was in the traditional consulting world, I discovered one, I didn't like working with clients that I didn't get to choose. <laughs> and mm -hmm. two, that I really wanted to do something where I wasn't living out of a suitcase, traveling every single day of the week, not able to see my husband, not able to have a life. And that is very much the traditional corporate consulting path. You are going to be living out of a suitcase, going on site to work with clients. And I burned out pretty quickly. So Fast forward all these years, I've been still working with small businesses and entrepreneurs, but I specifically love to work with women entrepreneurs who are running service-based businesses who started their business because they have real experience and expertise to bring to the table, but they didn't think they were going to be an entrepreneur. So they need to learn the business side of whatever it is that they are doing. And that's where I am today. I run the CEO collective. We work with hundreds of women entrepreneurs around the world, and we help them create more sustainable success by building the infrastructure in their business so that they can grow without working harder, without working more hours. Very cool. So I know on your site for the, for the people who are listening, that maybe didn't go through your site or don't obviously don't know anything about you. Um, you offer this 90 day, I guess, like training program. Yeah. What's included in the 90 days? What kind of results have you gotten for your clients? Because I think just the 90 day, that's such, such a small time frame. So interesting. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. It's interesting because you start to see patterns when you work with a lot of people, right? And that's how great frameworks come to be. So I started seeing a lot of commonalities between a lot of my clients. And I think entrepreneurs are really great at big ideas and big vision, but where things sometimes fall apart is in taking the action that needs to happen today in order to get to that big dream down the road. So we often hear from entrepreneurs, they're struggling with consistency. They're struggling with shiny object syndrome. They're struggling to do the things they know they need to do now that aren't sexy or exciting. 
So we have developed this 90 day operating system and it came together because I knew that getting to that next level, honestly, it is not sexy. It is not about there's a magic button and then suddenly your business takes off. If that was the case, all of our businesses would go from like zero to six or seven figures in no time flat. It really, really depends on having a solid infrastructure in place, on having a real strategy for your business and real systems in place. So I developed this framework um, that initially started with our 90-day planning process. And this is a hot tip for anybody who is developing programming based on your own intellectual property. You often do things yourself and assume that other people know that too. And that was a big mistake I made. I assumed other people knew how to plan strategically for their business. But when I got under the hood of their businesses, I realized they didn't have a plan. They were really winging it week to week. They weren't setting clear goals for their business and then tracking to see if they were on or off track. They didn't have anything to track against. And if you don't have those key performance indicators in your business, if you don't know if you are on or off track, the only measurement you have is your revenue. And unfortunately, your revenue is the last indicator we have of your business's health. So we needed to develop a system to help them in 90 days start shifting the way they were looking their business. And the framework that became such a huge part of our 90-day planning process is our marketing that converts framework. And there's five key components of it. These five key components are built on not something I came up with out of thin air, but they're built on buyer psychology. If you have studied marketing or have gone to school for business, then you've heard of the buyer's journey. You've heard of buyer readiness. And whether we realize it or not, anytime we're making a buying decision, you go through this process. So as a business owner, if you're unaware of this process that we're all going through when we're making a buying decision, then any marketing you put out, any content you put out may not be as effective as it would be if you aligned it to the stages that your clients are going through when they're making a buying decision. So the five stages that we help people come up with goals around are attract, engage, nurture, invite, delight. Attract is the very first one. This is where you're getting in front of people from the very first time. They have never heard of you or your business or your brand. So right now, anyone who's never heard of me before, that never connected with me, hi, I am literally doing attract marketing right this very moment by being with Basha and doing an interview because I'm getting in front of Basha's audience that she has created right on this podcast. So attract marketing is what we think of when we're thinking of search, we're thinking of getting in front of other people's audiences, we're thinking of advertising. It could also be cold outreach, which I know a lot of people don't want to do, but can be highly effective, especially if you are a real expert or you're doing consulting level work with corporate. And then there's discovery engines, which come and go based on algorithms and thing like things like that. My favorite is always going to be getting in front of other people's audiences, because if you're an expert, you want to be able to showcase your expertise. And that's really hard to do in like little teeny tiny bite sizes. You want to be able to really go in depth. So once you have a tract, you've got to move people from hearing about you from the first time to actually engaging with your business. And this is equivalent to you want people to go from window shopping to actually like walking through the door of your business or getting to the website on your business and now officially like raising their hand and saying, hey, I want to hear more about what you do. 
So for some businesses, this could be a request for a proposal, a request for consult, um, a request for more information, or it could be opting into anything that you have on your website available to them, whether it's just to hear from you with your newsletter or to get some sort of free content that you have created. So if you go to my website, you'll see we have free trainings, we have free challenges, we have free resources, checklists, et cetera. We have free private podcasts. All of those things are designed to now be in a dialogue with potential clients and to move them from hearing about us from the first time and kind of being interested in what we do to now us being able to get to the third step, which is nurture. Nurture is where your podcast lives. This is where your blog posts live, your newsletters live. You can nurture with content or you can nurture with connection. I like to do both. And I have found for me, if you can really hone in on your core nurture strategy, then everything else can be built around it. So really for me, my podcast is my core nurture platform. That is where everything is built out of. My newsletters come from my podcast. My social comes from my podcast content that I create for attract marketing comes from my podcast. Like it really serves the whole ecosystem. The most important part about nurture that I think a lot of people don't realize is this is where you're really wanting to be strategic about your content to get people to be interested in working with you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of content floating around that's very confusing for a lot of people. So influencers right now, they don't really need to nurture anybody. They can give away absolutely everything because they're building a huge massive audience. So then they can turn around and sell that audience to brands by doing brand partnerships or advertising. But if you're a small business owner, you're a course creator, you're a coach, you are a service-based business, you don't want to give away everything for free. You want to be helping people see why they need to work with you and use your content very, very strategically. And then you want to officially invite them to work with you. That's where you're proactively inviting them to take that next step, inviting them to purchase your product, your program, your service. And then the final step is delight. And delight is really the delivery of your product, program, or service. It's delivering what you promised. It's going above and beyond so that people are truly delighted with what you are delivering. And what I have found is this is really the hidden secret in a lot of marketing systems that people don't think about. They don't think about customer experience at all. But if you want to build a business that lasts for a lifetime, you need to build clients for life. So how are you making sure your client experience is so incredible that people stick around, you retain your clients, they renew, so they continue working with you, they re-up their package, or they continue buying um, programs from you so that they give you referrals, rave reviews, and repeat business. When that happens, suddenly the ecosystem goes from being linear to one where people are coming in and out and you actually don't have to work as hard anymore because so much of the system is working for you. So we help people take that framework, break it down into 90-day goals, and once they start to be consistent for 90 days, they will start to see results really, really, really quickly because now they have a track to run on and they have those indicators to help them see whether they are on or off track. Very cool. I love that. I love how well it thought out everything is. So you touched on, I know this was a couple minutes ago now, but you touched on 
cold outreach when it comes to corporates. Now, I know that this is something that I have personally struggled with, and I'm sure that somebody in the audience listening has struggled with that as well. How do you get corporate to listen to you? (laughs) (laughs) This is the difference between um, if you're trying to work with corporate versus trying to work with small businesses versus trying to work with consumers. Um, The sales process to land a corporate client is a lot longer. This is not like you can land them within one touch. This is usually going to be up to six months, a year, or even longer, depending on the type of thing you do with corporate clients. So that's the first thing that's really important to know. Like corporate clients don't happen quickly. They happen over time. So When it comes to corporate, I mean, there's so many different things you can do to land corporate clients, but it all comes down to being willing to introduce yourself or find an introduction to whoever you're trying to get in front of in a corporate environment. So this is different from what a lot of people think of, right? We tend to think, well, I'm just going to put out all this marketing and then they will find me. Corporate doesn't work that way. They work very much by relationships, by vendor relationships. So if you're able to put yourself out there, let people know who you are, proactively reach out, and more importantly, proactively show up where those decision makers are. So I have a lot of clients who are doing different types of work, for example, who might be doing uh, diversity, um, equity, and inclusion work, which is a huge need in a lot of bigger corporate environments. Well, for them to get in front of those decision makers, they likely need to get in front of the leadership team. They need to get in front of HR. And how can they do that? Well, they can figure out, are those people connected to me via LinkedIn? Are they connected to me via a professional organization? Professional organizations are one of the best ways to get corporate leads. If you can partner with SHRM or become a member of SHRM, which is the um, Society for Human Resources here in the United States, you will find that there's chapters all over the country where you can get involved and get in front of HR managers and leaders from bigger organizations who are actively looking for partners and vendors to provide solutions. So there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of research, but most importantly, being willing to go up and introduce yourself, connect with people, meet people, and then follow up, follow up, follow up, continue to build that relationship by adding value and providing just an incredible um, level of service to those people, even before they come a client. Very interesting. Thank you for the tangible tips. I always love when yeah. entrepreneurs come on and they share things that you could do right now. Absolutely. So while we're on the practical tips, I guess, role, what are some tips or advice that you would offer to anyone in the audience who's listening, who wants to use their podcast to position themselves as experts, convert clients and sell high ticket offers? Yeah. I think this is one thing that a lot of people, um, it's very easy when you get into podcasting to kind of look at how a lot of podcasts are being run instead of thinking about how does this podcast fit in with my overall business strategy? So if the goal of your podcast is to position you as an expert, then you have to be the primary voice on your podcast. So that's my first big Uh, takeaway for people is ask yourself, are you recording private episodes? Like you're the only voice on that episode. Like you're the only person talking. A lot of people I find start a podcast and they immediately jump to interviews, which are fantastic. And they can fill a lot of needs in a podcast. Um, They can be great to even get 
in front of other people's audiences by collaborating. But if you're the expert, you need to have some solo episodes where you are sharing your point of view and you are the one providing a ton of value. So that's my first thing. Add in more solo episodes. The second thing is think about your framework and what you do for your clients. So for example, if you go check out my podcast, promote yourself to CEO, I'm about to tell y'all literally how we turn this into a sales funnel. We take our framework for how we work with our clients and all of the content series that happen on the podcast are pulled from that framework. So when I every month sit down and look at my content that I'm putting out on my podcast, I'm going, okay, we need to cover talking about values, vision, 90-day planning, strategic planning. We need to talk about marketing, sales, customer experience. We need to talk about team. And I have all these key topic areas that are a part of the framework we use with our clients. So I'll pick a topic and then create a series of content around that theme. I love the series of content. And I think this is where a lot of people can go even deeper with their podcast and take it from being surface level content to almost like a series of mini masterclasses. And that's what I'm told my podcast is all the time. It's like a masterclass in the theme of the month. So for example, we just did a whole month on customer experience. So I released I think it was like four or five episodes about customer experience. And I start asking myself as I'm building out that content, okay, I'm really giving people over the course of this series, a couple hours worth of valuable in-depth content. I need to talk about why customer experience is so important and so relevant. I need to talk about what are the common myths or, myth or mistakes that people might have with customer experience. I want to talk about examples of great customer experience, because often when you can showcase examples, you can also showcase case studies and testimonials from your own clients. And that is mm -hmm. another hot tip. If you're not bringing your own clients on your podcast, then you're missing a major opportunity to really position yourself as an expert by having someone else tell the audience the results that they're getting. So I'm looking at that all the time. I'm looking at you know, the big, the big idea for the series, I'm looking at what are the myths or mistakes? What are the big wins that people are getting? And then I might have what I call a small wins episode where I'm sharing, like, here's the next step for you to take action on this. And then through all of these series, I'm inviting people to take the next step into learning more about working with us. So that's one of my biggest things when it comes to podcasting is really take time to highlight your experience and your expertise by creating in-depth content. There's a lot of shallow content out there on the internet. And often I will see, for example, I work in the world of entrepreneurship and small business. There's tons of entrepreneurship and small business podcasts. But when I compare my podcast, where now I have a whole series just on the topic of client experience, that is a huge difference if somebody was looking at how in-depth we go versus the one-off 20 minutes somebody might have dedicated to client experience on another show. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be known as an expert, you have to be willing to really deliver deep content versus shallow content. You have to put your voice out there and also bring on your clients, interview your clients, let those case studies 
be the proof that listeners need to say, oh, I'm just like them. I had those same challenges. And now I can see how that framework and how that uh, working with Rachel and her team could really move my business forward. I love what you're doing. I love that you have everything figured out to a T. It's it's awesome. And what you're doing with having the clients on the show is genius because you're proving to your listeners that you know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. You're getting yeah. amazing results for people. So it's only building your authority and your credibility even more. Yeah. And I often find that a lot of people, I mean, if you have a podcast, you're getting invitations or pitches from people all the time to be on your show, right? And one of the things I know is because I work with small business owners, I have some really brilliant clients who can also fill in some of the content gaps. For example, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a CPA. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. not a brand strategist. Like there's a lot of areas of business that I am not the expert. I have a working knowledge of it, but I'm certainly not the expert. But if I can bring on a client who is a lawyer, I can bring on a client who is a CPA. I can bring on a client who is a brand strategist. They start filling in the gaps and they also are able to showcase the results we got. So I think there's a lot of value in thinking about this, um, especially if you are offering more of a high-end service, you want people to be able to listen to that and go, okay, they really know what they're talking about and I'm gonna be surrounded by other smart people this is what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I said, how long have you had this podcast for? I mean, I've had some version of a podcast since about 2015. I think this current iteration, we have just over 340 episodes, something like that. It's been going for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced when you first started the podcast versus the challenges you're facing now? Yeah. Oh gosh. I think one of the challenges I first struggled with, um, when it came to starting a podcast is simply the consistency. I think a lot of people would probably say that because it it's really easy when you first get started, because you have that burst of energy and excitement, but then you get to like, okay, I've been doing this for a year or two years and it can start to get like, oh, this again, I've got to record some more yeah. episodes. So a couple of things I've done. One is partner with somebody who can produce and edit your episodes. Um, that has been a game changer for me. And I could not produce this podcast um, as consistently as I have over the years without the help of my producer and editor. Like they make it possible and they take so much of the heavy lifting off of me. Really. <laughs> it's worth its weight oh, in gold to have somebody else doing all of that. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And I guess we I usually address this question earlier in the episode, but I love all of the great tangible value you're providing. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing in your business right now? Hmm. It's really interesting. I think um, right now we are just seeing the world of marketing shift incredibly fast. And I have been hearing over and over again, I just did a whole episode on my podcast about why the sales environment is changing because the economy is changing. We have a lot going on in the news. We have a lot going on politically. We have a lot going on socially. And all of those things really can impact small businesses. Like we're usually the first one to feel the impact of any sort of uncertainty in our world. So that can really impact 
a lot of people. And I think because I have a podcast, um, one of the things that I've started doing to like layer on to what we already had been doing is really making myself more accessible and telling people about that. So this year we have been adding in, um, instead of having like our on-demand training on our website, we actually put it directly on our podcast for a promotion because we knew that if we could keep people in one place, they were more likely to go through that material and that content. We also started running our own ads on our podcast for our own offers instead of, you know, bringing in other people to do ads. We have our own ads that are running and we also built in a different type of sales process. So that includes more of me doing proactive outreach and getting on calls with people. So the combination of having the podcast where people are hearing my voice all the time, and then the opportunity for them to actually talk to me has been really powerful. I think a lot of people are hesitant to do sales calls or to chat with people. I have found that just by telling people I'm willing to do, they are so excited. And they almost always come on and they're like, I feel like I already know you. Well, yeah, because they've probably listened to like 10 hours of my voice in their earbuds. And that builds a lot of trust in a way that, you know, being just on a newsletter list or being, you know, just following me on social doesn't. If somebody is reading something on social or even the videos I post on social, that might be a minute or two, right? But if they're listening to an episode, they're committing to at least half an hour of listening to me. And that kind of attention is invaluable in an economy right now where attention very much is in short supply. Absolutely. Absolutely. Podcasts are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I will never not do a podcast. And in fact, I just had a conversation with a friend about leveraging private podcasts as well as another way to like continue to grow my audience, continue to build my email list, but also just continue with audio because I know hands down that people who listen to my podcast are the ones who end up just absolutely ready to work with me because they've been able to go deep into my content and into my material. Absolutely. I'm also, I private podcasts are a new thing that I've been hearing about recently, but I love the concept, especially for building your email list. I think that it's awesome. Yep. That's on the radar. Absolutely. I just, I've been on a few, I've listened to a bunch and I'm like, this, I think is a thing that if you have a podcast, because I know that when I do interviews, I grow my own podcast, right? Doing interviews has been the best way to grow podcasts because they're going, like, if you're listening right now, you've probably already hit the link to check out my podcast or you've Googled or searched me in your podcast player. So why would I not keep people in an audio format? It just makes it so seamless and continues to build that no like, and trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Rachel, we're just about out of time here, but I, I love this. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. It was a pleasure. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Come check us out at the CEO collective.com. And of course, come listen to the podcast, promote yourself to CEO. We have a ton of great content on there. And if you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, it will be well worth your time to do a deep dive into some of our content. Absolutely. You're giving out so much tangible advice. It's worth so much money. So <laughs> definitely go listen to it, implement a ton of the stuff that you're talking about. Cause it's, it's awesome. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you.
Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you wanna listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually wanna interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.